Okay. Are your levels right. working on that thing too? It? it looks like it. It's all feeling good. Sweet. All right. these, these are separate tracks, so you can like. No. We're just double. It's all one track. Why? Because I bought the cheap mixer. Why would you buy a mixer and buy the cheap one? Because I didn't have like seven hundred bucks. Well, how much is <laughs> the cheap one? Like seven hundred bucks. <laughs> Three hundred. Okay. And what is the cheap one? What is the advantage of having that mixer? Six channels. And how many channels do you need for these to be separate? Uh, I don't think you know 16? how to use a mixer. I don't. <laughs> well, why don't you start a podcast, jerk? All right, that, that's, your joke. that's your joke for the beginning. <laughs> a few months. You're welcome. Okay, this is a Slip Angle Show. I'm Adam Jabay. And I'm Austin Cabot. Yeah, we have Chris Stewart here What's from going Good on, Life guys? and Hindemith. And uh, we have special guests. We woke him up in the middle of the night, dragged him away from his family. We, from S3 Magazine, we have uh, Mr. Wooly. What's going on? What are you doing here? Um, I don't know, man. I'm just <laughs> That's awesome. Out. Thanks for coming out, man. We're, uh, we're, we're down in Atlanta for some reason. And uh, just uh, hanging out in Atlanta. Yeah, you know, just decided to fly to Atlanta for 24 hours. <laughs> the weather's nice. Just real quick, we were uh, just in Atlanta. Yeah, doing things in Atlanta with with roads in the vicinity of Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> we saw a pretty road in Atlanta. Okay, that's enough. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, it was. It's been an interesting day. It's been a long day. We were up at like 4 a.m. 3 a.m. I left. I left my house at 3 a.m. Picked Chris up and went to the airport. Yeah, he came to my yeah. house and I woke up when he got there. Yeah, so I had, a, I had a little bit better morning. I it's got, always a good way to start a trip. I got up at about 4:30 and then uh, he couldn't find a parking spot, so I made him drive to the airport. <laughs> so that, that worked to my advantage too. So yeah, and then we, I just napped the whole time instead of talking to him. Yeah, and then he forgot his headphones, and so I gave him my headphones, which he threw back to me. <laughs> No, I'm keeping those, man. Those, those are my wife's headphones. You can't They're keep fluorescent those. pink. But Chris is like so super diva. He's like, oh, you can drive. Oh, yeah. can I use your headphones? Yeah. They're so comfy. Can you rub did my you, feet? Did you dress them this morning, I, too? Uh, I did pick out his, his tutu that he had to wear. <laughs> but I don't it, know what you're talking about. It was, uh, it was an interesting little morning, and now we're in Atlanta in, uh, in Austin's place. And we have a new mixing board. We do. Hopefully, Austin's starting did right. In this starting sounds. to invest a little bit in equipment. Yeah, it, it looks semi-pro actually. So we uh, we were doing things, and we were, we did things all day, and now we're in, it's eleven o'clock at night. So, Mister Woolley, what's up? Can you tell us about S <clears> three? <throat> um. Well, uh, how, long, how long has S three been a magazine? It's been like nine and a half years. Is it really? Yeah. I know that. <laughs> Wait, wow, that's crazy. Awesome. It doesn't seem. It's actually been around longer than that since '03, but um, I uh, I got hired when I was fresh out of college, and uh, and saw something on like Monster Jobs of all places, and and just went balls out for it because it was a dream job, and I uh, ended up getting hired. Six weeks later, got laid off because they were selling the magazine to somebody, a company in California, that was just going to kill it. Yeah. And so. Yeah. Me and the designer started, um, you know, begged and pleaded and fought. And finally he was like, it's not finalized. I'll sell it to you guys because they're going to kill it. We don't want to see it go. Yeah. So that was 06. And we had about six weeks of experience. <laughs> and we were like, well, we're screwed. But T- Time to run a magazine. It was, it was cheap enough to where we could not do it because I figured we'd get our foot in the door yeah. somewhere and work in the industry. 
And then it kind of, I mean, in 06, everything was going good, even if you had a crappy magazine. <laughs> so, so, you know, we were getting advertising and we'd do things like, oh, we're going to do a drift issue. And we, all, the advertise, all the tire advertisers would come in. And so we were kind of getting by despite ourselves. And then, oh, wait, the economy crashed. Gas skyrocketed. Yeah. And, we, and we were like, okay, we're done. This yeah. is it. But it actually ended up kind of being okay because a lot of the big corporate magazines yeah. you know were, were were we were running so lean compared to those guys that yeah. we didn't know any better you know so we just kind of yep. pushed through it and here we are no i've never met uh jonathan until tonight um but i have written, written. a couple of articles for his magazine <laughs> so, so i'm really glad to actually meet him. He, he you were at the big grid life event this in may true and but i didn't know that until about a week later <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't. To be totally honest, I didn't know you were Adam Jabay until yeah. we started this podcast just yeah. right now. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it uh, it's, it's good to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks you for too, coming out. Um, how uh, now the the first time I held a, an S three, I thought, well, this is like the nicest magazine I've ever seen. It's, yeah, it it feels like uh, it feels like it should cost a whole lot more. It, we spend way too much money on printing. Yeah, that's so cool. Which, it's just the coolest. <laughs> which is why we. It's, have a, it's a beautifully made magazine, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's one thing. I mean, we like the first issue that we did. We kind of you know did the nicest paper quality that we could, and we just said we're never going to go backwards on that. So. We kind of just kept it going. What other uh, what other stuff does the magazine do? I know you have kind of apparel line and stuff like that. Yeah, um, we got the apparel line, which kind of happened by accident. It's called Still Hood. Of um, we were uh, it was in it was in like that '08 year when we were like, well, we're going under, and uh, and we had my my buddy had a desk in the office, and we put a giant Still Hood thing on it, and it's like, man. It, the whole the whole still hood thing came around. We were we were stuck in a turbo car in traffic, no AC, you know, and we were looking around at everybody in in rush hour, and we were like, well, at least we're still still something. We're still ricers, you know. And, and my buddy was like, we're still hood, man. And I was like, dude, that needs to be a sticker. So yeah, we put it on his desk, and then it went from there to car stickers to yeah. shirts to whatever. And it kind of works out because it got the magazine through some bad times, yeah. you know, and then vice versa. So it works, man. Cool. What uh, uh, what kind of subscription base do you guys have? It's pretty big. Um, yeah, because we were doing again when we thought we were going under. We were like, oh, what the hell? Let's do lifetime subscriptions. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like worst case scenario, we go under. But um, yeah. we were doing lifetime subscriptions for like ten bucks forever. So we got a bunch. I'm trying to think. I think we got like around fifteen thousand. Jeez. subscribers that's a lot of that are uh, technically for life <laughs> and so but you know i mean we we kind of the, the theory is you know the more subscribers then the more people want to advertise in the magazine so you can yeah. afford yeah, to do lifetime yeah. type stuff yep the subscribers basically pay the postage right? yeah, yeah yeah what uh how did how did chris how did you guys uh link up um because grid life kind of that's a good question so good question. um I think uh, I can't remember if I like emailed you in some capacity or like I have no idea. Yeah, I just you, feel like I all of a sudden yeah hit you. you up some. I feel like I had some kind of digital communication with you. Yeah, um, and then I maybe, fall. yeah like maybe around uh, grid life. Yeah, um, and I can't remember was that was I marching into that was post grid life. When was Kyle CRX featured in? SM? Kyle CRX. So yeah, Kyle CRX was featured before we grid lifed it out. Um, but anyway, I think I was talking to you uh, yeah. about uh, grid life or something. 
Um, and I think I was talking to Shocker Joe and got like introduced somehow, like loosely. And then I came out to IA Fall uh, last year and um, we brought uh, the uh, gutty um, STI. Uh, Civic Subaru four door thing. Yeah, the four door. Uh, uh, <laughs> the weirdest car ever. Yeah, grassroots motorsports car yeah. out, and uh, we parked it by your booth and just started kicking it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that that was that, and then we we were staying at the the same hotel, so I was kind of um, because I I had introduced myself to you earlier, and then uh, I knew Sullivan, and you knew Sullivan. Um, you ah, know, we were all Sullivan. Kinda, yeah, we were all Go just kind of hanging out in the parking lot, and I was like, "Yep, these are these are my people." Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, it's it was weird. It's like all of a sudden I just feel like I I had known you forever. I guess it was. It was that. It was outside of what a Holiday Inn or La Quinta or something like that. Yeah, yeah. We're just watching yeah. like that place uh, makes friends though. That's, that's yeah. Happened. We were just watching people uh, topple over crotch rockets in a drunken stupor. Oh and, no! And <laughs> blast cars down the road. And <laughs> speaking of uh, toppling things over, Austin had uh, a fun weekend at uh, where did you go? No, up at Deals Gap. Yeah, playing yeah. with motorcycles. Yep, it was That's great. Fun. It was a lot of fun. The, uh, yeah, hopefully, he didn't topple anything over over there. Nope. <laughs> Did you see any crash bikes up there? Yeah, 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 a decent amount actually. Oh, jeez. So it was. Uh, I don't know if you know, but there's this thing called the Tree of Shame, and I've it's seen just the tree of shame, a bunch of motorcycle so. parts from people that have not uh, that quite have over, made it through. That have overdone it. Yeah, a little overconfident. Do a lot of bikes get wrecked up there? Yeah, like I've never really spent any time. Yeah, that's a lot of bikes. Yeah, yeah. yeah the was there uh, was a place pretty packed last weekend. Actually, no. no last weekend was uh, was pretty quiet. Actually, it was. How long ago were nice. you there for the Miatas at the Gap? Thing? Like three weeks ago. Yeah. So How I think there was only. There? Do what? How busy did you get that weekend? I was pretty busy. There were like four hundred something Miatas. Jeez, that's a lot of Miatas. Yeah. So I don't know what you call like a group of Miatas. I don't know if it's a gaggle or. I think it's a flock. I don't know. Yeah, flock. Miata flock? Yeah. yeah. What are some other words we could use for Miatas? Yeah. I think we need to solve this right now. Yeah. What Somebody. Is a group of wait, wait, wait. Do you guys know there was that group? Hold on, I gotta think about this. It was like the Florida Georgia Mazda Owners Brigade or something. And when you broke it down by initials, it spelled fag mob. That was their crew. <laughs> <laughs> their crew was fag mob. Well, that, that was the joke. Some of the Club Roadster guys, one of the Miata forums, they were there, and they, they considered a group of Miatas a faggle instead of a gaggle. <laughs> so I, I found that pretty interesting. Hey, don't, hey, you know, it's, uh... <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I kind of want the new one. <laughs> Florida, Georgia, Miata. The new, ND, the new ND looks pretty awesome, yeah. actually. Yeah. Like reading some of the specs. And I mean, yeah, 0 to 60 was in like 5.7. There was an IT Fest the other, uh, when I was there at Middle Oh, was there? Yeah. So oh, I, wow. I, I was I driving read, out like, of there. too much about it. I it's heard that ca- people are talking about how it's soft, but it doesn't matter. It's kind of pretty. No, but like not not no, from yeah, a looks perspective. Yeah. Like, was it automobile or something? Yeah, they, like the they, BRZ. They were talking about like how yeah. the um, suspension kind of feels a little yeah. softer, like wallowy a yeah, little than, yeah. they, than they would have expected. It's but lighter than the NC Miata, I believe. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a couple hundred pounds saying. lighter. Yeah. I think it's twenty three hundred pounds. Yeah, twenty three or twenty four or something. Yeah, car, maybe twenty five. I don't know, but it's still it's pretty light. Yeah. And zero to sixty is in like literally like five point seven or five point eight seconds. Grassroots so it's, it's faster than one. it's faster than an S two thousand was in two thousand when they tested at zero to sixty. That's pretty good. Yeah, I so think that's well. On the I've 14th. only driven a Miata twice. So I, I drove a Miata once because I convinced uh, the tech director at my job, uh, my 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 regular job, to come to Honda meet one year. Oh yeah, yeah, in his I Miata, that. and then I was like, "You need a roll bar. I'll install it for you, uh, just so that yeah. you come out." Um, and I drove the Miata down to your house, yep. and I remember driving it and being like, "Man, this thing's a noodle." 
What is the back end doing versus the front end? Why are there <laughs> yeah. two different things happening? What is going on with this Miata? And then we put the roll bar in, and I was like, oh. That's a little better. That's a little better. And then um, Daniel Mackey, a good friend of uh, ours, actually uh, one of the, the tech, I guess he's technically the tech director for Gridlife, helps us out with the ticketing system and Website, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, yeah. um, but he uh, he's wanted to get on track forever, and he always talks about it. He had a Civic at one point. Um, uh, an EF Civic, a garbage Civic, so rusty. Oh, but so bad! It was pretty awful. Was like so I don't bad. think you could jack it up anymore. It was that bad. Yeah, you'd only yeah. jack it up in the front and the back. <laughs> it was like hard to put on the lift. But um, it got stolen on the street in front of my house um, for the fifteen dollars worth of parts that. Wait, and you're trying to get Jessica and I to move over that way? Oh, well, you knew what you're getting into. Moving. Oh, any, <laughs> you can't. We put, did not you can't beg put you any to come. EF Civic on the street. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It it's not safe anywhere. Where it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, you can't no. put a Civic on the street no, in Chicago. Sorry, can't do it. You can't put Evos on the street anymore either because they really? s- they swap the ECUs out and take the car. Yeah, same thing with S two thousand. Really? Yes. So what 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 happens when you swap the ECU out? They, they have some ECU that they can like fire the car up and like do everything that they need. Start the car. And oh drive no. Away. Yeah, like if it's a standalone or something, then the immobilizer's not there anymore. Jeez. Ta-da. Anyway, I drove Daniel Mackey. Picked up a Miata. Yeah. He's got a yeah. Miata now. Spent two grand on it. Um, it's a first gen Miata, and I don't know what NC. That's NA. Dibbity, I don't know. The pop up headlights. Yep, yeah, the winkers. And I drove. I love first gen Miatas. I drove it back from when we picked it up, and it was awesome. Yeah, they're. God, I loved it. They're way better than the Miata parts. They're so much better. I loved it. I was like, man, this is. I could really get into it. And it's kind of like set up for the track and stuff already, right? Yeah, it's got a. you know, like a four point um, and hard top, and it's better got brakes and some kind of Miata specific suspension Wait, for setup. two grand, twenty five hundred or something. Wow, that's a yeah, it seems steal. like a blazing deal. That's, yeah. Did it have a hard top or no? Hard top, total blazing deal. Yeah, yeah real <laughs> clapped out paint though. It was Perfect. Like, um, Can we cover it in stickers? It's like rattle canned white. It's got We're gonna cover like it in grid life stickers. Chipping paint, little red ones that you can't for the Miata. Away. For the first gen Miata, I have like paint that just flakes off and yep. disappears, kind of like all Chrysler vehicles. <laughs> and and some GM vehicles of that era. Yeah, GM vehicles. <laughs> yeah, you see the brand. I'm not, not current Chrysler vehicles. The three stage, whatever. The uh, I'm glad Daniel got a car finally. Yeah. He, every time he's at the track, he like walks over like and like stands by our cars and like kind of like longingly looks out <laughs> towards grid. Like, oh, I did that once. One day. <laughs> yeah. So. No, he's always had like a, a desire to do it. And like yeah. the year, like the year that his car got stolen, I was like, you can drive my CRX on track. And, and that he was, buried it. Yeah. That was when we found so the sway bar. So deep into the beach. Stuck. Yeah. So <laughs> this deep is the sway bar the that we were talking about that you like literally, we took the end links off and you could hang on the arms of the sway bar and it didn't move. Yeah. Since the last old episode ST was the sway bar and it was episode? like locked onto the bushings. I mean, it was stuck but yeah that uh that was daniel found that it was broken <laughs> and he put the car deep in the sand but uh jonathan have you ever uh, done track stuff down here because you got some good racetracks down here. honestly no not really um i've grown up my dad vintage race so i kind of grew up around it what did he I, race uh he raced an old 356 from like mm, late 80s out. through mid 90s really? so yeah and um and then so when I turned 16 I started doing some track days and stuff like that got super into it then went to college and yeah. partied my face off for years <laughs> and uh kind of fell out of it a little bit I did in college I worked for Panos Racing School at Road Atlanta Oh cool um so yeah I got a lot of awesome kind of tips and experience from uh from all the instructors it was like a college kid's dream man like yeah. 
Um, I would go out there. During the summer, I would maintain all the cars, just light maintenance, like brakes and stuff like that. And then whenever there was a school, I would just kind of hang out. You know, I had a four-wheeler, and I'd hang out, and I'd go get whatever people needed me to get and make sure, you know, everything was running okay. But, um, you know, we had the Subarus then and the Audis and the Porsches and Saabs. And, you know, they'd be like, all right, we need to get these 14 Porsches from the pits to turn seven or whatever, you know. They're like, so just go ahead and we'll shuttle, you know. And it was it was awesome for a college kid, for sure. Yeah, that but, yeah, sound- then I just kind of, whatever. That doesn't sound bad. That's better than freaking yeah, Ricky a, Mark. That's a pretty good gig. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. I worked at a bagel awesome. shop, which might have been a little more awesome. Than <laughs> I, inst- I did the same thing I do right now is hammer doors and windows into houses. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I went to college sometimes. But, um. The, so you, you've lived in this area your whole life? Uh, no, I, uh, I grew up in Jacksonville. Oh, okay. And then okay. moved to Atlanta when I was 14. What, uh, what kind of cars do you play with nowadays? I know you've got some, uh, some stuff that I kind of long after, at least one <laughs> car in particular. What, the 911? Yo, yeah, I, yeah just 79, something about them, man. 79, 911, totally lucked into it. Got what? it from like an 80-year-old ex-Marine um, fighter pilot. Cool guy. He's had it forever. You know, I've got records back to the 70s. It was a gray market car. So like the 70s in Germany, you know, okay, and stuff. Yeah. And, and yeah, that car's awesome. And uh, and it's total 70s brown. And then I've got a CRX that's all gutted out. Yeah, that's the other car I see yeah. pictures of on Instagram. <laughs> that, that, and stuff. The funny thing is that's the one I drive the most, man. It's got Toyo R888s, 15 nice. by 9s, you know, no interior, yep. drive it every day. It's but it's great because I can, I can throw, I, I ride mountain bikes a lot. I can throw my mountain bike in the back of it yep. or on top of it. And I hadn't had a sunroof in it this year. It's got holes in the floor, holes in the seats, no fabric on the seats. What, kind, just, of dry, what kind of powertrains in it? What's that? What oh, B sixteen. Yeah, B sixteen. That's the perfect motor. Stuff, and that's the, it. the best motor to put into a CRX. Yeah, it totally is. I've had a I lot of it. motors in mine, and and I still. It could have been the, the yeah. moment in time when I had that, but man, was that fun. <laughs> Those yeah. are the questions. The two questions I get with that car is why don't I turbo it and why don't I track it? Don't it's turbo like, it. I turbo it. We all know what's gonna. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> in a year, I'll be looking for another Honda because this yeah. one will be too far gone. You know, and, and yep. the same thing with. I need to get out there and do some track stuff. It's just one of those things where man, it's stressful and expensive. You know, yeah. it's like, there's I, always I like, the stress aspect. Of I like it, yeah. running back and forth to the mountain bike, but that's what that yeah. car does. I go back and forth to the mountain yep. bike parks. It's fun. I love it. It's what it is. It's funny. Cause I had, I had a buddy of mine was actually trying to get me to go to an autocross this weekend. He's like, man, you should come out to the autocross. And I'm sitting there thinking about it. And I was like, yeah, it's gonna be hot though. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be hot. I can go out there and break my car, wear out what's left of my tires. Dang. That's what was so funny about I'm getting it, old. it being know. hot. They showed up today and they're like, "Oh my god, it's so hot!" And like, yeah. as you know, it's actually cooler today yeah. than it's been the past couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like refreshing yeah. today. We got to that place <laughs> that we went to today, and uh, it was like 83 degrees and five mile an hour winds. It was perfect. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was real nice. We got off the airport. I thought it was still pretty hot. <laughs> yeah, we got off the airplane and like the jetway was like 100 degrees because been blazing in the sun all day. And I thought, oh, geez, what are we here for? <laughs> but yeah, it, uh, it's been a pretty nice day. It's funny because when we went up to Grid Life, I was 
freezing my. Oh, it was oh, cold. Yeah. Especially like Sunday, Sunday morning. Sunday yeah, morning. Like, yeah. No, because all those guys, they were walking around. They didn't care, man. Like, that was the thing about grid life. Nobody cared. It was 50 degrees and raining. Yeah, Nobody yeah. gave a damn. Well, that's just, I, that's I just that event. In the, in the issue that's about to come yeah. a lot of people, A lot of people were miserable, but, like, that's just part of the event. Like, yeah, I mean, well, I think people, people were like, people once you get to around. a point, it's like, well, it's this, this is this is how it is, you know. I guess yeah. this is this is the way yeah. life is right now. Yeah. So uh, let's turn up. Yeah. <laughs> My friend Nick killed the battery in his E36 M3 that night because he got too cold in his tent and went and got in the car, turned the seat heaters on, <laughs> yeah. and killed the battery. I think a lot of people were were uh, you know fogging up the, the cars yeah. with the heat yeah. um, that night. That was a weird. A couple of my friends slept in their S2000s, day. and that can't be comfortable. <laughs> That's gotta that be can't the be comfortable place. at all. Sleeping in an S? Yeah. yeah it's like nah. sleeping in the back of a VW bug, man. <laughs> yeah. There's nowhere to go. But Sunday, grid life got pretty nice. The The track was like perfect. It oh, was see, we fast. Left, what? We you Sunday missed morning because we had to drive back. Oh, to it got Atlanta. so nice on Sunday afternoon. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> like the, tracks, the track was never faster than it was Sunday afternoon. Yeah, as far as like track stuff, like Sunday was a great track day because, yeah, it was, it was cool, but not cold. It was like um, 60, 65 in the end yep, of the day. So, and, uh, you know, track temperatures were ideal and people were just Sunny. crushing track records. But now, yeah. now uh, Gingerman's been repaved. Yeah, so all uh, those track records. The track are... records uh, are now old track records and the new track's, what, two to three seconds faster? It, I, yeah. Everybody's kind of saying on, t- on average two seconds faster. Yeah. I, I wish I had done like a back-to-back thing where I didn't change my CRX at all. But I was four seconds faster at Honda Meet than I was <laughs> in my SCCA race in May. Wow, which was like pretty big difference. But I also tuned the motor and got like eight horsepower, and I had different tires on, and you know, ten pounds lighter and stuff like that. But yeah, the uh, the track's definitely better now. It's so smooth in the. I mean, we've said it like a gajillion times, but it's so smooth in the big hard. You don't even need suspension anymore. It's just it's so much smoother that uh, that the right hander left hander sweeper the seven eight nine combo is just so nice now. And hey, Willie, did you get to go out on track? Riding with anyone when you were there? You never no. saw no? the place? No. Oh, man. I should have taken you out in Kyle CRX, like man. 11 on Friday. It almost, was raining. We almost bailed. Oh, you were? <laughs> <laughs> we almost. Uh, that's yeah, bailed then, yeah. too, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we decided, all right, we're going. We're going. Because we were looking at the weather. We knew it was going to rain. We were like, whatever, we'll go anyway. And uh, got in real late Friday. It was raining. Got up Saturday. It was raining. Went to the track and set up. It was raining. raining. I think it stopped for a minute. Yeah, and then it, it got like seven minutes <laughs> and started raining again. And then, uh, yeah, Sunday we had to come back because uh, Mike Mike Sanders had to work the next day. So you were doing what we were doing. We we left here Friday at like eight or nine a.m. Got in around like eleven. Yeah, but then we were stupid and drove back through the night on Sunday. Oh, that's man. why I took my buddy my buddy Chris with me so that Jeez, we could that's a swap long off. Night, man. Yeah, yeah, we got back here probably at yeah, like eight in the morning. Event like that three days. Oh, it was, it was brutal. Fly? <laughs> it's easier to drive. It's cheaper to drive. His Volkswagen gets the wagon, man. Two miles per the wagon. Time is money, man. And then I got to inconvenience somebody picking me up at the airport. I had shuttles. Could have gotten on that artist shuttle. Yeah, that's true. It's not that. Well, this fun. time, this time I can drive one of your your cars with the steering wheel on the wrong side out. Oh yeah. yeah. Chris uh, has two right hand drive cars now. Now I did pick now. up. I picked up a new car. Um, yeah. So I don't know if. He's never been this excited about potentially anything in his life. <laughs> no, I mean, I... I uh, it's like a Lego. Yeah, no, I got a... It looks for, like for a Lego those, block. For those that don't know what this car is, it's a ACTY or an Acti or... I, I don't know. I don't know exactly it's a, how... It's a tiny Honda Q. Like, yeah. It's a, it's a micro van, technically. What year is it? So, uh, it's a 1990. Yeah, it's a key right, car, right. key I, um, which is like a specification of car in Japan. Uh, 660cc motor, rear-wheel drive... Um, 
absolutely cavernous, tiny little van. It is so massive inside. on the inside. There's so much space. I wonder if that thing would do wheelies if you loaded the back I up. bet you it would do stoppies if I hit the brakes hard enough. <laughs> it's so little. Huh? You said it goes up to like the center line of the axle on the CRX, right? Like you yeah, pull it next yeah, to your basically. CRX? Yeah, basically. So I have it parked next to my CRX, and it uh, it goes from, I mean, because it has no overhang, right? So like the windshield is all the way at the end of it. Um, and then lined up side by side, it basically is the length of the front of the CRX to uh, the middle of the rear wheel of a CRX. And that's it. And it's that's, a van. I wow. would guess that's probably 10 <laughs> feet long. Because yeah, the CRX you, is around 12 I bet feet it's, long. I bet you it's 10 feet long. A wow. CRX is right I, around 12 I, I feet long. I'm exactly. it's 10 feet long. That's exactly what that's it is. That's so little, man. And that's like bumper to bumper. Bumper to bumper. <laughs> that's but further, bumper to bumper is all space. That's further than I <laughs> am inside, from there's nothing, right? Because right the motor's, under, <laughs> the motor's <laughs> underneath, underneath the, in yeah. the rear. It's rear-wheel drive. Yeah. It's, like a, it's got like a tiny little baby 600cc, looks like a D-series motor. It's very EF-ish. So is the floor like flat all the way? Completely flat. All it's pretty, pretty cavernous. It and looks I, like you it, like sleep in the back. Yeah, I, I put the seats down and I, I don't have to lay diagonally. I can lay completely down in the back. But That's anyway, nice. it's, it's pretty much uh, the, a new pit bike. Honda Pro Jason four wheel pictures of it up on Facebook the other day too. Do you think that yeah. thing would fit in the back of a truck? Uh, it would probably fit in the back I mean, of a truck. It's a little long, right? but it's uh, probably skinny enough. I don't know. Big, a big pickup truck. Yeah, like an eight foot bed pickup. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a cool little car though. Definitely a smile machine. I've been running around the city in it, and lots of honks, lots of thumbs up. Um, you know, I get real in-person Facebook yeah. likes with the thumbs. You <laughs> That's know? awesome. Ton- you, need to get a, you need to get a gorilla suit to drive that thing around in. That'd be I hilarious. That. <laughs> like a big gorilla driving around. <laughs> you said you had a heart. Maybe, maybe if I owned a banana stand, or I turned that into like a mobile paint it, banana paint stand. Paint it yellow. I could make it. I could sell frozen bananas out of this tiny van. chocolate, chocolate dip frozen bananas. Yeah, All, of course. <laughs> so, so so far you're into your right hand drive imported JDM CRX and your right hand drive imported uh, Honda Acti. You're in for, into that for like less than like a used Jetta. So like most people in the world are doing the automotive thing wrong. But like, what was the hardest part? Like finding insurance on the Acti, or yeah, finding insurance on the on the Acti was a little bit tough because um, nobody knew what it was. Yeah, nobody could could find it. I like I, I typically have insurance through Allstate, and then um, you know the, the CRX is insured through Haggerty because it's old enough to be considered a classic at this point. It's technically um, eighty seven, right? Eighty seven, but it's yep. an EF generation. Yep, yep, first year EF eighty seven. But um, yeah, the Acti, I, I called Haggerty, and they're like, Nah, it's not old enough, not classic, <laughs> just a joke. Wait, time out. They Haggerty took your CRX. Yep. Like a, with an agreed upon value policy. Yeah, I had to. They, I had to do like a, a I half. Need to hour. try that again because I think they told me to take a walk. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it, well, it depends on the year and it depends on like that the details of it. The, the use. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I when I had to do like this interview where they like basically asked me to give like an an emotional appeal about how important the car was, <laughs> and I had to talk about how special it was and like, um, you know, I got them hooked up to a polygraph during. Yeah. It. No, I mean, like, like they, they they asked me a lot of questions about the car, you know, and like what my plans for it were and it's also got a completely stock vehicle and intends to be stayed that way so that was a, i think a big part of it yeah um you know was the fact that it was you know completely completely stock and um you know in prime condition i mean they, they didn't agree upon it until they saw full photos of it where it was going to be staying the type of security that was around the vehicle i mean all that stuff um before i was able to get a policy but i ultimately did was able to get a policy uh, with them, um, which is great, and Haggerty is awesome. Yeah, for track day guys uh, and for racers too that are listening, um, 
Hegarty's got some pretty cool stuff. Uh, I never even thought about it until Greg and me, who's been on our podcast before, posted something on our forum that we go on a lot. Um, they have something for like a full dedicated race car that never sees the street called STP, I think. Uh, it's storage, trailer, paddock insurance, where basically everything that you do besides being on a racetrack is covered. So like if I roll my rig down the highway and if my CRX falls off, which almost happened to your other CRX, what if you run into my CRX in your car that, that has a rig? That might have happened one time, too. I did rear-end Chris on the way to Honda Meet 9 or something. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. But, yeah. The, uh, yeah the, Hagerty's got some cool policies for racers and for car show guys, too. Yeah, so. they're great, great. Uh, yeah, and I, I had to do the same kind of interview thing and send them a ton of pictures. <clears throat> and so I've got, like, coverage, enough coverage to where I can buy a new trailer and car if I throw it off the, into a ditch on the highway in the middle of the nowhere. You know? Yeah, but ultimately... Um, I tried to get, uh, you know, I have the rest of my policies through Allstate, and Allstate had no clue what to do. Um, they were completely like, what is that? I don't understand. We don't have those. Yeah, either. and that like that was that. And then I, I ended up calling Progressive and Progressive, uh, um, through the process of calling them, obviously not online, uh, they were able to, to work it out and figure something out. That's and cool. they were really easy to work with, too. So, um, Glad Flo think, could help. Yeah, me. thanks a lot, Flo. Um, <laughs> Flo's so pretty in yeah. a weird way. Nobody knows why. <laughs> There's a lot of guys that got a thing for flow. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Adam started the Facebook group. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, lovers of flow. <laughs> Facebook page, twenty thousand members. That's a different page. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Don't yeah. Know that URL. Yeah, the uh, uh, so we got to fly back pretty early in the morning. Um, we don't get to do anything else fun today except for keep podcasting. But uh, what other kind of cars do uh, do you play with, uh, Mr. Woolley? You've got a Volkswagen of some sort, right? Yeah, that's true. I got a. Uh, Is that Mark what we 6. heard you pull up in here? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mark Six GTI. That's my uh, responsible car. That's my baby carrying car. Yeah, it's got dome lights and AC and. <laughs> dome lights the responsible thing they <laughs> have a mad back, light back doors well, baby can't go in this car there's no dome lights there's <laughs> no back seat in this thing no yeah when, yeah when I got that compared to you know running around in the CRX all the time I was just like you gotta be kidding me man this thing's got dome lights it's got <laughs> living the life no more tap oh, light yeah. we CRX <laughs> only had I'd have the windows light, up though. at night and just look around at how quiet it was it was awesome what, uh, what's all done to that thing um, it is it sounded uh, loud. From yeah, here. well, yeah. I actually just put an exhaust on it. Got like um, an APR tune. Uh, no, it's got GIAC stage one. Okay, and is then that- I just put the exhaust on last week. It's uh, CTS downpipe and then uh, Magnaflow uh, catback, and then I'm doing the GIAC stage two next week. Okay, it sounds great. Yeah, I dig it. I yeah. Love the- you know the DSG shifts with the exhaust. Is that that trans is so cool. Yeah, I just until it breaks and it's gonna. Are they expensive when they break? I think so. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming. I don't know anything about them. Mine hasn't broken. Turn yet. signal bulb for that car is like fifty yeah. or sixty bucks. So I'm assuming <laughs> my windshield wipers were like forty five bucks. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. From what I hear, they're pretty solid. But if mm. they break, it's probably my friend's got like a, a 2009 that has 150 thousand miles on it. He tracks the crap out of it. With the DSG box? No, not with the DSG oh, box. Okay, okay. Oh. Did you get the DSG tuned when you did the tune too? Nope. I'm oh. gonna do that. I'm gonna do that. Okay. Stage two. Okay. But yeah. What uh, what kind of stuff does that change? 
Uh, it changes all the shift timing and shift yeah. points and everything. Like it's supposed to wake it up completely. They're so fast. Like after already. after I knew that that you could get a tune for that, I yeah. kind of regretted getting the manual gearbox in my yeah. sport wagon. The, uh, my dad's got a DSG in his like 2013 or 14 uh, TDI. You should get him a tune for it for Christmas. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna run that thing stone stock till it dies. But the only thing that like seems weird is like downshifts. Like it it kind of like hangs in the gear, not like an automatic where it coasts. Mm. Um, does uh, yours is a gas one? Yeah. Uh, does yeah. that that one do that too? Where it kind of like feels like it decelerates in gear, like engine braking. I guess so. I mean, it does the rev matching and all of that. Yeah, I, I was I, I was kind of surprised by that because it kind of like brakes hard at low low speeds. Yeah, and it feels like it's because it's kind of downshifting. Yeah. I mean, you can kind of if you're rolling yeah. up to light, you can feel it kind of. Yeah, yeah, it, it pulls you back via yeah. the motor too. Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's weird, man. Because when I got that car, I just. I kind of just put it in auto and forgot about yeah. it. Like, I really didn't treat it, you know, like a fun car. You I know? love how fast. He's too busy sudden, messing with the dome lights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Holy yeah. crap, did you see the that there's interior in this? <laughs> like, but yeah, yeah, it's like that car, all of a sudden, when I threw a couple mods at it, finally, it was yeah. about after six or eight months, then I really started having fun with it. It really, it really wakes car, them up, man. Like, this car's fun, yeah. I didn't realize that they had such potential. Yeah. And what size motor is that, a two-liter Two Two-liter turbo, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I took my dad's TDI up Pikes Peak during the race uh, during the race week last year, and uh, to, even at the top of the hill with a stone stock Passat with five dudes in it, it uh, there's plenty of guts in the TDI motors, <laughs> and that that trans is so good going down too, going to down the hill. Yeah, it's awesome, man. It was like you know, I barely need to use the brakes. But those are I, I love those DSG boxes. I would love to build a race car someday with one of those when I'm old and I don't feel like shifting. Yeah. In mid Ohio I messed up like five downshifts and one of them was going into coming out of Thunder Valley where you take that like hard that left hander. I did I have to downshift a third sometimes there. And I missed it and almost went into the beach after the race. <laughs> I, and I just I don't know. Sometimes I'm good at that and it's man, sometimes a DSG box would be nice. <laughs> just do it for me. Well mine's but, a manual. But the thing's not very fast anyway, so it felt pretty good to you me. You know, if if dinner. if speed limits are ever implemented at track days, I can, oh man, don't I can keep it. I can that. keep it down. Keep it down underneath them. Uh, without there's so even much trying. discussion online about the speed limits at track day stuff. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like it almost warrants its own um, podcast, but maybe that's something we can kind of you can kind of start discussing and then have people <laughs> chime in yeah. and then respond to them in the next the next episode. Yeah, so. that's the the. The safety at the track day, I mean, it's never going to be a perfectly safe thing. And while it's a total bummer when when somebody doesn't go home from it, it's so rare. But I, th- me personally, I think a lot of it just needs to come back to good classroom instruction and good leadership on track. But, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's, a, it's a tough call, really. I mean, the, only, the, the thing that makes ri- driving on track the safest is experience. Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah. you can't get experience without driving on track. So it's a little bit of a catch-22. So there is a, a little bit of a more dangerous period there where you're fast enough to be on your own, but you don't have the experience to know what to do when things go wrong. Yeah. But you still have to get those experiences in. So, And really, unless you're driving on track, you can't, you can't get those experiences. Yeah, yeah. if you're so, coasting into a braking zone at 90 miles an hour because that's the speed limit, I don't feel like you're learning everything. Um, I don't know. It's it's a it's it's a tough call, and I I think it's going to be a hard growth thing for those companies that want to do the speed limits and long straightaways at like the Road America, Road Atlanta. You know, I, mean, I think there's always um yeah just to to you know give Wooly some context context to uh, what 
uh, we're talking about. There was a, an incident a couple weekends ago at Road Atlanta. Right, right. Um, yeah, you like know, so uh, in, in amongst so amongst spawned. a lot of the HPDE groups, there's been some pretty heavy discussion about uh, driver safety. You know, <clears> HPDE <throat> safety, uh, the way to to, to do instruction, uh, what type of safety gear should be required. You know, what type of you know car. Uh, modification should be required. Yeah, how, a whole because lot cars of are so things. fast nowadays so. versus like the mid '90s, early 2000s when everybody was tracking 180 horsepower cars. You know, you got guys going over to Ford and buying a 500 horsepower Coyote car or whatever. You got some fast cars, and a lot of the cars are coming in on stock tires too, so you don't have all the adhesion, and you've got stock brake pads, and you you can go 150 miles an hour. Yep. So um, there's there's been a lot of a lot of people. Uh, just basically talking about that safety and like what to do about it, how to make HPDEs safer. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and I guess in the grand scheme of things, it's a pretty safe way to do high performance driving, uh, certainly safer than, than the street. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, the, the question is like, how, how do you make it better? How do you make it safer? Um, how do you eliminate, uh, you know, things like that? And how do you not happening? ruin the experience? Well, yeah, you still got to the allure of going to a track day is yeah. to open it up. Yeah, you're not right. going, you know, you're you're going to a track not just to be at that track. Uh, you want to put your foot to the floor, you know. Right. So, I mean, I think there's there's still some, uh, a, a track day, uh, I think up in the in the northeast. Yeah, um, like in, NTD or, or Yeah, something. they ran a track day uh, recently, I think this weekend, with a 90-mile-an-hour speed limit on all vehicles that don't have full safety gear. Yeah. So if you don't have a Hans device, you don't... I don't know all the details. And I don't know if it was limited to, to certain run groups or if it was yep. across the board, but... But 90 miles an hour is as fast as you could go on the straights. And that Maybe that's it. a way to do it is to have a speed limit unless you have the proper safety you know something to where they can yeah there's invest. merits to it there is merits to it but yeah. i also think that there's 25 other groups that same dude with the not, not safe car can go to and is that going to kill True. the groups I mean, looking for safety you know it's you're also uh, like talking about the car not being safe because it's a stock car and that's not necessarily the yeah, case yeah it really depends on the car too right. you know if um, if you want to compare a stock 92 civic or a stock 92 centra or a geo metro and and those cars technically would people be people tracking geo metro i saw it one time is it a lemons event no <laughs> well yeah i saw that too <laughs> there's one at the lemons event that runs with an e36 m3 motor in it <laughs> The, uh, there was one in a Michigan Volkswagen day one time many years ago. That Mive. Okay. But, uh, yeah, my, Mive event. Yeah. yeah. They were not nice in the tech tower. Oh, man, <laughs> they hated my Honda at the Mive event. That was like my third well, event ever. That's what in. I get for having a stupid Honda. Yeah. The, uh, but, yeah, the, like, those cars, technically, they're stone stock. You know, you put a better set of pads and tires on them, you should be able to get on a track day. And But the cars nowadays, I mean, they're. They're probably safe with a my CRX with an eight point cage and a NASCAR door bar in it. You know, if you were to roll over in a brand new Subaru, like I'd probably rather be in a brand new Subaru than my CRX. And my CRX is a full well, race the guy car. In Road Atlanta, it's an older SN ninety five chassis Mustang. Yeah, and that, I mean, it, it, I don't, I don't know all the details of that yeah. incident, but it was, it, was, it seemed like it was a really. Um, Freak, incident. yeah, kind of, kind of an, an odd series of events yeah. that that led. We don't to know, that, yeah, that we don't incident. know for sure, but people say that it was he got into motor oil from a blown motor and from a vehicle that might have been in front, right. Of like right at the fastest part of the track. Yeah, you know, and I think I think there's a lot of different things in regards to safety. So, like, you know, being that, um, you know, Adam and I, uh, you know, we run Grid Life together, we run Honda Me together. We are fortunate enough to to run the majority of our events at Gingerman Raceway, where you have a little bit different. 
uh, of kind of a safety mix because of the way the track is made, right? Yeah. And the way the track yep. is. So tons of runoff. Um, there's not very many places where you can get into trouble. So, uh, you know, you can, um, you know, I think we can look at that track a little bit differently. You know, if yep. you, if you do th- events at, at tracks where the risk is higher, you know, I, I think that there needs to be a consideration yeah. about how things run. So, and, yeah, you know. and I, th- I think, I think a lot of that will come back. I think the best thing you can do is train your beginners up real well and train your intermediates up real well and maybe focus more on classroom discussion and turn by turn coaching. Um, and really try to keep an intense learning environment going. Um, yeah, I think the, you know, the, the biggest discussions that have been happening is like, what is the role of the instructor? Um, should instructors even be in cars? You know, and there's there's kind of two sides of the coin to that. You know, some people are are, are talking about uh, it's not safe for an instructor to be you know sitting sitting in the in the right hand seat, right? But then again, as a beginner, it's not necessarily safe to be out there on your own, kind without, of figuring it out without without not. proper guidance, right? Yep. You know, and then there was kind of the the discussion about what the role of the instructor is, and I think through our events. The job of the instructor is not to make the driver fast, right? Like that's yep. not what it's for. An instructor is there to 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 learn to teach safe driving habits and make a safe yeah. driver. Yep. You know, so um, you know, I think uh, a focus on curriculum, a focus on uh, you know, safety without scaring people. You don't have to like yeah. scare straight people uh, and 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 eliminate the fun and the excitement of doing a track yep. day, but like it should be all about. Um, the safety and taking it easy and understanding the difference between 10 tenths and and seven tenths, you know, and really what you should be doing, you know, and getting into, you know, when you become an intermediate and some of that stuff, I mean, we always talked about intermediates being the most dangerous group because they're fast enough to be dangerous, Mm -hmm. um, but not good enough to be safe. Um, you know, and and they kind of sit in that middle zone, but I think all that stuff and that education needs to continue through. And I'm sure you know, NASA does a, a great job with that through their... Yeah, they've got a good know, graduated program. The graduating yeah. program and SCCA yeah. as well. But a lot of these other track days, I mean, we, we've we been changing a lot of things with, with our event because before we had all these grid life events, we were doing one event a year, you know, and it's a little bit different if you do one event a year. I don't know what happens with a student or with a particular individual uh, from one year to the next in regards to yeah. how many track days. So we had a little bit more of kind of a self-selection process going on. But now that we're running multiple events and they're a month and a half apart, you know, we've really been talking about how that curriculum works and what's the right way to do it. And I think, um, you know, a couple of things that we started that have worked really well um, this year is we started doing instructor and beginner introductions a week before the event. So yep. we, uh, we, you know, introduce them via digital means um, and allow the instructor to uh, learn a little bit about uh, the student, you know, and I think with some events and even at our events in the past, it was kind of like, Oh, you're my student. Cool. Let's go. Yeah. Um, hey, you know, and, and it needs to be, yeah, it needs to be more like the instructors and it's, it's their job to keep the, um, you know, the attendees safe. And it's also their job to let, the organizers know when there's an issue and, you know, you know, and the organizers, at least us will always side on the, you know, uh, the side of the instructor, yeah, um, you know, yeah. when it comes to that stuff. But, uh, you know, you really need to have, uh, the staff understand, you know, their students vehicle, you know, uh, the details about that, they should be having discussions about, you know, there was a lot of discussion uh, this week about brake fluid and some kind of requirement where, <laughs> you know, you need to make sure that all cars that are coming to this HPDE have changed their brake fluid in the last 30 days or 90 days, you know. And I think it's just a matter of the instructor kind of talking about, the, you know, all of those yeah. important things. And, 
you know, we do really strict yeah. tech inspections and we stick to that. But we're not going to bleed everybody's brakes. Yeah. But we're not going to bleed everybody's yep, brakes. You can't right? do that. Right. Uh, so um, I can barely get my brakes in one piece. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think it's just a, you know, there's, there's an inherent risk in, in tracking your vehicle, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's not, um, uh, you know, it's not soccer well, and there's risk in soccer. You know, whatever. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, everything. you're driving a car, uh, you know, on uh, in a controlled environment, nonetheless. But you're driving a, a vehicle at speed. Yeah. Um. You know, and it is, uh, it has some risk attached to it, and and the risk is relatively yeah. low when you compare to the amount of cars that are hitting the track. Um, oh, yeah. Poor choice of words. You know, but that are getting on track. <laughs> um. You Hopefully know, they're on the every pavement, weekend yeah. across the country. You know, versus the amount of serious incidents. I, but as that kind of stuff happens. It's cause for concern. Yeah. Nobody wants to have to think about that. Well, or yeah, worry and about you, you want to get, you want to send everybody home every weekend, every with a know, shiny car, everywhere. You know? But it's it, it is hard to do. People are going to crash on the way to and from too. But um, the uh, for for me, it seems like I answer a lot of tech questions with the intermediates and advanced group. Like, what's a Hans device, and like, what kind of roll protection should I do? I know my buddy builds circle track roll cages. How should I build a roll cage? Uh, well, you might not want to talk to that guy. You might want to do a little bit of research. Yeah, yeah. But there's a lot of misinformation out there on how to build a safe car too. Um, I've recently had a few ideas about like maybe I write some articles on. You know, uh, we've been talking about starting a couple. Uh, we've been talking about starting a website, um, and and there's another website. Uh, Dave Grant in the East Coast. He started Go Ahead and Take the Wheel is uh, his website, um, and it's kind of a primer on how to get on track and how to start racing. And um, but I, th- I think the track day thing has gotten so big that I would really like to have some. I could point somebody to that would say, "All right, you're going to your first track day. Here's the things I would do." Uh, yeah, and there's you know, and then you're going to your second track day. Did you have a lot of fun? Do you want to invest in your car? Here's the steps that I would take. You know, here's what I would recommend. There's, there's a lot of organizations that have that information out there and expose yeah. it. Um, you know, whether people actually are are you know seeking out that information. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, we do a lot of stuff with checking egos too. You know, yeah. like, yeah, like yeah. it's really you have to make sure problem. that you're, and that's part of the the job of the instructor. And another reason why you know the instructor is such an important part of a safe track day. Um, and having like a, a consistent staff that shares the same philosophy and follows the same curriculum, but you know you need to kind of keep drivers in check and yeah. and that type of stuff. So uh, you almost have to push that information. So I think adding that kind of stuff to some of the drivers' meetings and, and getting yeah. a little bit more into that tech stuff. I mean, with our two day events, you know, and it works differently for a one day. Um, you know, we have basically three different classrooms that happen. Uh, you know, where we kind of walk through and step through uh, everything that. As you know, long as Luke shows up, people are kind of going through. Yeah. As know? long as Luke shows up, he's not in Hawaii. That only happened once. <laughs> <laughs> that only happened once. Um, but yeah, yeah. It. I don't know. It, I don't know. Um, what uh, What's your opinions on the stock car versus the roll caged car versus the uh, freaking Geo Metros, Austin? <laughs> I mean, all stock, stock car versus roll caged car. I mean, a caged car technically should be safer. Yeah, even a bolt in cage. But if you if you require stuff like that to go on track, it it that's a giant significantly barrier. increases a yeah giant barrier increases the barriers as if people didn't think it was hard enough. You know, most yeah. people think they need coilovers or a big brake kit and good wheels and tires yeah. and. A bunch of stuff just to get on track. How many when, times have you heard? Well, my build's not done. Yeah, not you ready. hear that. You hear that all the time. Yeah. So I think it's an, it's an intimidation thing. Yeah, 
I think a lot of people are like, well, you know, I got to get this right. I got, I mean, I know just, you know, being the fact that I, or sorry, being the fact that I write for a magazine, I don't want to take a CRX out there, take my CRX and blow it up on the second lap. Yeah. And then face palm because everybody's like, oh, face palm. You know, the guy yeah. from S3 Blue's car. You know, it's just, <laughs> that's what I liked about grid life is I didn't see any of that at all. It yeah. was, no, there, there isn't. Like, the, these guys were just gung ho to yeah. get out there. What, and it was a lot of checked egos. I didn't see a lot of. You know, well, that's why that's why I love taking my sport wagon out there. I mean, it still has like oh, stock you, brakes on it. You like, just love the sport wagon because you get to pass everybody. I, yeah, that's, that's a lot of sport wagon. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just to transition out of safety too, and maybe like talk. I mean, uh, talk a little bit about like barriers of entry to track day. Um, you know, being that uh, you know, Jonathan, you kind of come from the other side of things. Um, you know, and then just a, have a little bit, uh, you know, more of a, a clearer view on uh, you know the enthusiasts non-track enthusiast right, side right. of things but we always talk about trying to remove barriers of entry like that's that's what we're all about it's not like saying hey you should track your car with that track build car instead of parking it like that's not the, the ethos yeah, that we're pushing right, right. it's like hey you think you want to track your car we've got a platform that's really easy for you to do it if if you, if you want to do it we're trying to make it as easy as possible so that um people who are are tempted um, can execute on that temptation and not feel odd about it. So what we saw, you know, and I've talked about this before, like when we started Honda Meet, like you would go to the track and you would worry about that, especially coming from like the, sh- the that scene where the the reputation. And, well, and, yeah, these and, people have built up badass streetcars that they're going to find out doesn't transfer. Yeah, I mean, do you think, you know, there's going to be, but is is that like, I mean, have you been able to kind of pinpoint, like, is that part of the worry? Is it like, because there's so much cred in that, um, kind of show and meet world that they're worried that they'll go to the track and they, and they won't have the same, they won't be at the same level. They they won't, uh, you know, automatically be a number one stunner. I'm sure. But I mean, you, nobody's going to come out at anything and be good right off the bat. Yeah. No. The same thing with, you know, mountain bikes. Nobody goes out there and kicks ass their first time. You run a mile or two and you're, you're dead. You're out of breath. You know what I mean? So right. You just got to swallow your pride and say, okay, you know, yep. this looks fun. Let's go try it out, you know? I think the, you know, with the ego checking thing, like there's, I can almost tell like a lot of times when I talk to people right off the bat, when they talk about coming to one of our events, I can tell what kind of individual they are based on the way that they talk about doing the track, you know, like the way they talk about about getting on track. If they're like, Oh, you know, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to, you know, totally wail on it. Like if they have this, this, (laughs) just this confidence, you know, like going into it, I'm almost like, yeah, that those are scary (laughs) students, man. Um, you know, but like there is, there is that kind of thing that, that happens where people come and they, they think about the ability of their car or what the spec sheet of the build that they have. And they think that that's automatically going to translate into, you know, skill on the track. And it just doesn't, Um, you know, so we do, uh, I mean, we put pretty heavy emphasis on that in both the driver's meetings, you know, as well as the beginner meetings. There's a lot of talk like, you know, I usually go over the, well, uh, you know, to the beginners, like, well, you're you're gonna suck. It's gonna be fine. You know, <laughs> yeah, but it's you're like not a- gonna be good at this at first. It just doesn't happen. But um, yeah, I I, I remember being um, a beginner, and then I have real fun memories of being an instructor many years later. 
thinking, you know, as a, as a beginner, Hubert Borowski, national-level autocrosser, I think his brother's a multi-time champion. He's like a, a runner-up a bunch of times. He was my first instructor at before. I was part of running the event, and he was like my first real instructor. I'd done a couple of track events, but he was my first real instructor, and I remember every word the guy said um, because he instantly said... You have too many mods on this car. There's way too many mods on here. Why is this so modded? These tires aren't even the same front and back. And uh, and he made fun of my car and he said, you're not going to be very good. And that's going to be fine. We're just going to see what happens. And, exactly and he broke me. He, and I was like, oh, jeez, dude. And he broke my ego down. And then... Um, by the end of the day, like it was like me and Hugo, you know, our our, our old buddy Hugo, we were like passing everybody because he started us from nothing, right? And and then I remember trying to take that same tact with guys. I was instructing for ITR Expo many years later, like ten years later or whatever, and I had a six hundred horsepower car, and all he had done was put tons of power in it, built a motor, and then put a big clutch in it, and then he had Axis Metal Master pads and like some street tire. It was like nut. The car was stone stock except for pads and 600 horsepower, and it was it was scary being his instructor because he had never been on track before. He'd done one autocross or something, and I thought back to uh, Hubert saying, "You are going to be really bad at this. This car is because I had a turbo car in my first track event. I had a fast car. It was like a 13 second car at the time. This is you know a while back, but um, he told me I was going to be bad at it." Like the car is gonna want to kill you, so let's not use the power, you know. And and that worked for uh, for my student at uh, at ITR Expo yeah, ten or whatever. I mean, whatever. that's it. You got you just gotta kind of um, you got to start from zero instead of <laughs> thinking you're gonna be a hero because your car looks just like the fast right. And, the, and, and so. you know, coming back to the the role of the instructor, the role of the instructor is to understand that vehicle, express any concerns about the vehicle to the organizers, right? Yeah. So if you don't feel comfortable getting into a vehicle, you need to tell the organizers of your events that you don't approve, yeah. you know? And, and, and tell then, them why and not just scream and say, you need to find somebody else, this guy, yeah, he's, um, you know. Because, right. I mean, that's not, it's not fair to, it's not fair to the, to the student, you know, to yeah. do that type of thing. But, you know, like that type of stuff should be elevated. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and then you just uh, need to help that student, you know, understand um, that they really should be starting from square one. You know, and and that this is a different environment and it's okay, you know, to either be. And I I feel like when you start track days, you're in like one of two camps. You're like you either you either be 16 super tuner it, um, you know, (laughs) which is a reference to our buddy Peter. So our buddy Peter, um, you know, one of one of he's one of my brothers, like, uh, you know, one of my best friends. So. But um, he, he came, built he built this gorgeous EM one, and it was as track ready as, as track ready as possible, right? It was and he finally got to his first car. track day, and he was like B sixteen super tuner, and like gunned it right off, you know, right <laughs> off the grid, and spun it in corner one, right, and then got back on the track, and then spun it hard in like like turn, right right after that five, like same lap, yeah, in, in turn five, and like went into the and went into the sand, uh, ripped off his Mugen lip. Pulled uh, the tire, you know, the, his Azenus off of his spoon wheel, put a bunch of sand in the car, and he never saw the track again. <laughs> that was it. So, like, he let his ego, you know, get ahead of him. He let the build that he had done and his, um, I don't want to say, like, his ego, but, like, he, he, he had this, this idea of how it would be. Um, and I think he signed up for Intermediate. I think, I think he was have, an intermediate. He might have pulled a Hastings. On yeah, us. because he thought the Hastings you know, guys like, always he's like, oh, did that. This is an intermediate car. 
Um, you I've know, got a I mean, yeah. I, th- I think the biggest thing that somebody can bring to a track day is just a good attitude and a, a willingness to learn. Yeah. Really, yep. you know, I mean, that's that's really what helped me a lot. I kind of had a little bit of an ego when I first started, yeah. like my first track day ever. You had an S two thousand. Yeah, I had an S two thousand. Man, I'm. Fat. You must have been <laughs> on awesome. side of that. Like just getting back to that. You know, there's there's oh too much ego. And then there's a lot of fear, right? Yeah. So there's, like, there's I, some like people I went to my just, first track day scared. You know, yeah. I was like nervous. Yeah. Yeah. I was worried about a lot of things. I was worried about, uh, you know, wrecking my car. I was worried about going off track. I was worried about breaking stuff. I was worried about looking slow. You know, I was worried yeah. about all those things kind of swirled together into this like nervous little ball of, you know, anxiety. Um, you know, and uh, I think, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of students approach that. That way too. I mean, you look at the beginning. Oh, yeah, yeah. Groups, I would. You know? I would say it's about fifty-fifty at yep. our events. You get a lot of guys who come in and you say, you know, in the tech tower, I always say, yeah, what group are you running in, so I can put the right sticker on their car. And then if they're beginners, they're either beginner or it's beginner. They're scared. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, you can you can tell immediately if they are, you know, they're there to win. Or if they're there because <laughs> they're terrified and they paid the money, so they might as well show up. You know, yeah, I signed up no, for two no. spots because I brought two cars. Yeah, beginner <laughs> and advanced. I'm, I'm going to run an intermediate too. <laughs> um, yeah, I, for our, for our buddies out there who are listening, you know, a lot of our friends invite their friends, and that's how beginners happen. You know, yeah. Um, I would kind of encourage them to coach people up as far as you know how this works. It's more like a school. It's not a race and. Uh, at all events, you know, you want to go into it with a, you know, if you go into it, like you said, with like the, I want to learn, I want to, you know, if I'm going to like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it well. You gotta, and the you way gotta to do start it well out, is to do it right. You got to start out in kindergarten. You can't go straight to high school. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I guess you could, but it'd be kind of weird. I mean, I think the, you need the a one thing with, um, <laughs> with Honda Meet, I feel like it's, it's a pretty well-oiled machine in that regard. You know, like there's a, we don't have too many issues beginner wise uh, no. in any of our events, but like with grid life, because it, it like economy kind of works word of mouth, right? So like buddies bring buddies that become beginners, you know, just like you said. Uh, grid life uh, casts such a wider net that you've got a lot of guys with some, you know, that are coming from that show world with really well prepped cars in some capacity, um, and they're they're dipping their toe, you know, onto the track, um, you know. So it's a little bit little bit different for that event. Yeah, you know? especially if. Uh you know, we're down in Atlanta, and uh, obviously we're looking at things down here. And if 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 you're going to cast a net into an entirely different environment, um, do we start? I mean, hopefully we're not starting from scratch with any kind of HPDE groups if an event happens here. But the you know, you, you hope that your group is kind of the, similar to the crowd that we happen to find in the Midwest. You know, but. Um, it's uh, the beginners really can make or break an event in the future because two or three day, years down the road they might. Right. Yeah. Know. I mean, I think the the you know great intermediates come from great beginner instruction and and yeah. you know there's a lot of HPD groups out there and I think just to kind of put a little bit of a bow on yeah. we could talk about safety we could talk about all that stuff uh, you know forever but um, you know it really does come down to um, great instructing. And not just throwing skilled, fast people into cars. Yeah, you can't just beginners. put more meat in an automobile and right. expect I mean, them to go. It's yeah. about and, yeah. and you know this was brought up a couple of times too. Like fast guys aren't necessarily great instructors, you know. No. And uh, a standardized curriculum for the way that you know 
HPDE should be run or your particular HPDE gets run or how a certain one gets run so that all instructors are kind of teaching the same thing, um, you know, and that focus on safety. It's not the instructor's job to make fast drivers. It's yeah. to make safe. It's to make drivers that drive home. And I mean, it's really, to me, it's a system that kind of keeps giving back to itself. If you have good instructors yeah. instructing people, I mean, if, I mean, like Adam was saying, you remember stuff that your instructors have told you. I mean, I remember, I know every single instructor remember, that I've ever had. great instructors and, and not so great instructors. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but usually you'll see part of your instructing style reflected in Absolutely. the influences that you've had. So, and if you, you know, if you've had good instructors, that's going to influence how you instruct in the future because yep. that's and, how and, you learn. You know, great programs like, uh, you know, referencing, you know, NASA, you know, that, that graduate people up, you know, are going to produce beginners that in, you know, five years that stick with it could become, you know, great instructors. And right. if that stuff is consistent and it's uh, followed consistently um, and, uh, you know, the instruction in the classroom and all that stuff is the same event to event. Um, you know, then you're going to end up yeah. having, you know, a more safe environment because, um, you know, that stuff is well, controlled from the get go. It's amazing what some of these like instructor clinics are like, like for the NASA one here in the Southeast that I took, uh, you actually, they set up a slalom course, uh, at least the one at Rhode Atlanta, they set up a slalom course at the, the back skid pad between six and seven. And one of the drivers is actually blindfolded and you have to instruct them around that slalom course while they are blindfolded. Uh, so I mean, do it really. Time, do they time that? No, yeah, time attack. <laughs> time attack. Blind yeah, that's, blind a, that's attack. a new event. A new event for grid life. Yeah, uh, blind attack. Sounds like a Top Gear America <laughs> thing. Yeah, but no, it, it just really kind of proved to you that you know, as an instructor, your words, everything that you say, and everything that you do has direct impact on how that student is going to react. Yep. So it was uh, it was really interesting exercise that I know is. Actually, pretty popular. Yeah, at, I've at heard NASA does events. a great job with yeah. the instructor clinics. The, I wish my nausea had stayed off a few more years, and I could have gotten a little better Jeez. as an instructor. But yeah, the uh, being an instructor is kind of an it's an intimidating thing. You're not just that you can't just be there for the free track time or the cheap track time. That's a terrible reason to be there. You're going to be a terrible instructor. I've, yeah, I've run into you're going to get nauseous, and you're not even going to have a good track day yourself. Yeah. Now I've run into guys that uh, you know that instruct just for the free track time, like for certain grid life events and stuff. Where you know Luke will tell us that we have to be with our student all weekend. We're not allowed to sign them off. I've heard people groaning and things like that. And yeah, you always have a few guys that are, you know, they're there to help out and they think they're going to be great instructors, but they're really kind of just there to do track event stuff. Yeah, and they want to get their guy semi safe and sign them off. And we've kind of semi done away with the sign off thing um which i think is kind of it's been good um but the yeah it's uh you have to constantly evolve in this sort of thing yeah too. i mean there's no there's no perfect formula for stuff no. i mean i think um different you know like there's can there should be consistency in your philosophy and the curriculum and the way that you teach um you know in the way that your instructor so that every instructor is at least following the same format so that's the way that you run your driving school that's yeah. the way your hpd program runs right so there's an understanding about how people should be taught and what the emphasis is uh, you know the emphasis is like what what are the key points that need to be learned you know and that's that's basically what uh you know the passport was or is you know for nasa you know what yeah. is what is 
what are the things you need to be teaching, you know, and then things need to adjust for track to track, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, if you're going to run an event at uh, road America, you're going to run an event at mid Ohio versus running an event at Gingerman, you know, there's, there's considerations that need to be yeah. taken. And I'm not saying that that groups don't do that, you know, yeah, um, obviously. but certain tracks commitments, uh, a commitment to the corners is a lot more important than it is at other tracks. Yeah. You sure. Either, yeah. Yeah. And, and there's other things to teach like, you know, more proper line and uh, what not to do because if you spin off here, you know, your car's going to be wadded up into that barrier. Yep. Mm. All that stuff. Yeah, it, you have to jump to a more high level faster, I think. But, uh, yeah, if, uh, yeah, we could probably talk about safety for <laughs> for, for quite a while. more podcasts. I think we might, we might have some guests soon uh, that specialize yeah. in safety equipment. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, we'll no, you guys reading your emails? Guests. You should have people uh, email all of their yeah, David Calzada on. emails us silly things. Yeah, okay. yeah. If, yeah. if uh, we'd love to hear your guys' thoughts about uh, about safety and on track and uh, kind of how how best to handle anything, any response that you have from anything that we've said yeah. today yeah, or in a previous episode. I think a lot of people's emails. thoughts are already floating around the internet right now. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot uh, of the Facebook page groups that uh, you know are, are discussing this sort of stuff, and there's posts on like every forum I'm on. Um, but yeah, if uh, you know, if people have opinions, we'd we'd love to uh, to hear them on this, you know, especially regarding this topic. Uh, it'll probably be something we touch on a lot, especially because you know we do, you know, all of us do kind of particip participate in the organization aspect of this. Yeah, stuff. and and we're you know really seriously talking about uh, how that stuff evolves. I mean, I think yeah, you know, grid life. We have a pretty solid uh, philosophy and execution of what we think. Uh, proper and, and safe uh, vehicle prep, uh, but, tech inspection and instruction is. Uh, you but know, cars but get faster every year. Cars get faster every year. And, yeah. and, and tires know, get always, better. There's always ways to get better, you know, and as, as we do more events, we learn more stuff. And, um, you know, as we hear feedback, I mean, we, we read everything, you know, and uh, we're not knee-jerk reacting, reacting to things and, um, you know, making any uh, irrational moves. Yeah. But we do read it all. Yeah. Yeah. If uh, anyway, we've been talking about safety a long time, yeah. and, and <laughs> yeah. we do have a flight uh, in a few yeah. hours. Yeah, we do. So, so, so Willie, where can people find out more about you and more about uh, S three? Um. Uh, well, I guess we got our Facebook page, S three Magazine, and then uh, of course Instagram, S three Magazine. Or if uh, if you want to hit me up for anything, I'm on Facebook. It's just Jonathan Woolley. It's J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N-W-O-O-L-E-Y. Or else you can hit me up at jwoolley at s3mag.com. Awesome. It's a, it's a beautiful mag. I mean, if... Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. it. It's like the only one left, too. It, it's like, getting like the, there, yeah. The only people that do anything glossy is S3 and a couple of pieces of Grassroots Motorsports are glossy. Grassroots <laughs> is, is like the, my the front and back favorite cover. magazine. It, it's, it's like my favorite magazine. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. thanks, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, but no, yeah, he loves Grassroots just because... You know, he's like, I don't know how they do it, man. They talk about exactly what I want to know about yeah. before I even. We're do actually it. gonna, we're gonna, we've been talking to uh, JG and Tim Suttered from Grassroots, and yeah. JG's gonna be on probably in a couple weeks here on the podcast. So cool, yeah. very cool. Yeah, the uh, uh, the magazine S three is just a pretty magazine. It's as nice as they come, man. I mean, it's like, it, and it's good content. Yeah, it's uh, it, very well done stuff, especially sure. those couple mediocre articles that I wrote for him <laughs> a few years ago. <laughs> I need to get you writing again, actually, man. 
Yeah, it's one of the. It's hard to write a feature article, man. Try. Holy! It takes forever. An issue. For <laughs> yeah. nine. Oh, I don't know how like, you do it, man. All right. So this guy wants to be different. Like, that's exactly. What everybody said. Well, I just want to do something different. So you got an S two thousand. All right. It's Sorry about that. Like I, the first one I wrote. Was how many far. colors are on the S two thousand? That's the key. Yeah, you, you need, need three, a four three, three or more. Like Austin over here. <laughs> yeah. it, it's hard, man. I, I got I got a lot of respect after. Well, that's, you know, I, mean, I wrote three or so for you, and it's like. Oh my gosh, I well, think I just wrote the same articles last time. <laughs> yeah, what's his name? Kyle Brontosaurus. You knew yeah. him, you know. It's 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 a lot easier when you know the people. Then again, sometimes it gets even harder because, you know, yeah, you, you yeah. know them too well. It's, yeah, I got respect for you, man, because I wrote best, three, and it's tough. Yeah, like, it, it, it is. And that's why we do a lot of kind of, I don't know, S3 is all about the people kind of behind it. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, I don't really, people are always like, what kind of cars do you feature? And we're like... Everything, a- anything, man. If you know, if it's cool and the person's cool, yeah, it's not just import stuff. It's not just it. low stuff. It's no, not yeah. just track not cars. Just cars. Yeah, no, at this point, you know. No. Yeah, we got a trophy truck coming out. <laughs> That's awesome. It was awesome. You know? <laughs> and the guy, it was it's Josh Steele from uh, he runs Formula D or used to uh, Never Slow. They're out, yeah, they're out like, of Texas, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, dude, that guy is awesome. He was a pro windsurfer for like ten years. Yeah, was on his way to the beach, saw a parking lot drift event, and was like, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> and pulled pulled in and was like, "What is this?" And they're like, "It's drifting. You need a rear wheel drive car." And he's like. Okay, so yeah, he cool, bought an already crashed 350Z. He was like, "That's nothing compared to what I'm about to do in this thing." And got to, you know, that's what he said. He's like, "I got seat time." Everybody with the swap cars or the old 240s were breaking by lunch, and I was just driving yeah. around, driving around, driving around. <laughs> but yeah, then he decided he wanted to build a trophy truck. So. That's cool. But yeah, yeah, seat time is like the thing to get. It doesn't matter the discipline of the, of yeah. the you know, the, of the track. It's uh, autocross, road race, drift. You got to be in the car, man. Highway yeah. driving in Atlanta. Yeah, <laughs> we had so much seat time today. Seat time stop. Seat time go. Seat time were, stop. Seat time like, go. Hey, little burn. We're going down to Vortex or whatever. Yeah, we went we're to going the Vortex. Back, but I'm great. staying at the airport. That restaurant was awesome. <laughs> that was the best burger I've had in a long yeah, time. Yeah, I took him. Man. I took him to the Vortex. I yeah. loved it. Yeah. I loved it. That waitress was goofy and weird, and she was cool. I love that place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah, that was good. That was good food, man. Well, we've had a long, fun day here. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah. Driving over here and hanging yeah, out. I had fun, man. Uh, if uh, if people want to find us, uh, where? Oh, let's send them to Grid Life stuff first, Chris. Where can they check yeah, out plug, Grid Life? Plug Grid Life in the next two events, real quick. Oh yeah, so uh, yeah, we've yeah. got some stuff coming up. Yeah, we got a couple of events, so we're wrapping up the uh, pretty successful season uh, in the Midwest. We've got an event coming up October third and fourth, uh, kind of our fall wrap up. Um, and that's going to be at Gingerman. Uh, there's still a couple of track spots available. I think we have two beginner spots left. Intermediate sold out, uh, but it's already looking pretty good. We got a, a near fifty car time attack field, uh, going to bring drifting back to the track, and then we've got a um, kind of a rad little show and meet to kind of wrap up the season. Yeah. So that'll be a lot of fun. And then we've got a uh, an invitational event um, for advanced and intermediate drivers coming up on the fourteenth, and that's Autobahn Full. Um, which is that's September fourteenth. Yeah. September fourteenth. It's on a Monday, but a pretty rare opportunity to do Autobahn Full. So. Um, you know, we, we basically set that up as a thank you to the instructors. Uh, we've gotten all the instructors, they have their emails, they have their exclusivity time. So basically anyone who wants to be a part of that, um, you know, can just PM us, uh, at, uh, facebook.com uh, forward slash, uh, to the grid. 
Um, yeah. You know, hit us up there, or uh, you can email me at admin at gridlife.co, yeah. and we can get you the, the password to that. And if you right. forget all that stuff, just uh, message the Slip Angle page, and I'll uh, email you from my Gridlife uh, email address. Yeah, or, or you can just hit up Adam. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, yeah the, the, we need, we got a bunch of spots available for that. We, we need some more buddies to come out and have a good time. It's going to be a... Big, uh, like a big amount of track time per guy. Yeah, we're um, so. we're it's two hundred sixty bucks, which is which is cheap. We're basically setting it up so it's as cheap as possible for the maximum amount of time. So we're looking at each car uh, and each driver being able to have almost four hours. And Autobahn full is That's like, a long. Autobahn full is fun. Yeah, you're talking man. around like three three minute laps for the yeah. Whole it's thing. a big it's track. A big track. And yeah. What is Autobahn full like? Three and a half miles. Yeah, it's got to be over three. Something, yeah, yeah, something 3. like 5, that. or something. Yeah. It's, uh, it's nineteen turns. It's yeah. so fun. It's a, it's it's a huge array of turns. I mean, you've got hairpins, you've got uh, the south course is a lot of technical stuff with a couple of big sweepers and a long straightaway, and then you've got uh, it it extends into the north course, which kind of makes the straightaway weirder and longer and jumpier. Uh, yeah, and you got to jump to the right hand side, and uh, it it's a I really north course kind of is like ho hum on its own, but it's still fun. South course is pretty fun. You put them together and they're awesome. Yeah, it's so cool. And running running full course, it's it's so it's so different. You know, you run all of South course and then you you're like, holy crap! I still have a whole nother racetrack to drive yeah, before and I complete I gotta, a lap. And then you got the connecting <laughs> portion between on the on the paddock side. Yeah, uh, that's such a fun little turn. Too. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. my car I always. Turn, man. My car fuel starves there so bad. Yeah, that's all a the hard left hand all the time. I mean, just way. They, yeah, it's it's bad. It, it's that's that's like my favorite section of the track. You, you no, get up on that fun. curbing just uh, just as you're entering South Track. Yep. it's it's so, that's a great turn, man. Yeah, and and you're wrapping around the paddock building. Yeah, the, uh, like the around uh, the, the clubhouse. The clubhouse. Yeah, yeah. It, it's and there's always like 25 people there, and they're all like super pumped every time somebody <laughs> yeah. comes through. <laughs> it's a great turn. That's like one of my favorite turns on any track. Uh, and you're bombing down in a in a downhill braking zone on the north course and the long straightaway, and that big kinked, right-handing kind of like sweeper downhill straightaway thing, hard braking zone, and then you wrap around the paddock. It's just a or around the uh, yeah. the clubhouse. It's a fun turn. So you guys should definitely try and make it out. Yeah, yeah. Find uh, if you need an invite, uh, hit up the Grid Life Facebook page, and we we would love to uh, to have some of you uh, experienced guys out there. And you don't have, you don't need to have a ton of experience. Just you know, you can't yeah. be a beginner. Yeah. Yep. No instructors so. at this event. Uh, intermediate and uh, uh, advanced. So like, yeah, it'll be a fun day, asking, man. People are asking what they can get, do to get an invite. We basically. You know, we'll ask for kind of your track experience and, um, you know, there's no hard and faster rule for it. And you guys don't want to go to work that Monday anyway. You don't want to do that. (laughs) Yeah, it's a one day thing. You're not committing a lot of time to it. So we, uh, yeah, we'd love your support on that event and uh, help us kind of give back to our instructors and advanced guys. So, Um, and yeah, Austin, where do we find uh, ourselves? Yeah, if you uh, like the show, share it with a friend. Uh, You can find us at facebook.com forward slash slip angle show. Uh, forward slash no, yeah chris chris I, gave I, me chris corrected me last week now nah, he's yeah. been backslashing for backslash 13, <laughs> for 13 episodes and i was like no man <laughs> no wonder so we, nobody we, knows we, who we are yeah. it, no, no, no wonder we're not millionaires no yeah. going has on. found us yeah no wonder no, we're you not gotta go forward <laughs> not back so you can also you can find us on itunes um and stitcher uh you know, sharing uh, reviews and ratings on iTunes really helps us climb the charts a lot. We're yeah. still holding pretty steady there and new and noteworthy, so we Ooh, appreciate, pr- appreciate your guys' help. 
Uh, Adam and I also have email addresses, Austin at, Austin at SlipAngleShow.com and Adam at SlipAngleShow.com. Uh, you can send us some emails, especially questions pertaining to the show. Except for David Calzada. We don't want any more from him. Yeah. Yeah. David just emails us and subscribes to cat facts. And yeah. We- <laughs> it's getting kind of ridiculous. Yeah. So. All right, guys. We want to wrap this one up? All right. All right, well, from, from live from Atlanta. This yeah. is, uh, yeah, I'm Adam Jabay. And, and I'm Austin. Yeah, thanks for listening, buddies. Yep. <laughs>